0: there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of lsatdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. This email is from Taylor, you got it?
1: Yep, says, hi Ben and Nathan. Let's face it, the LSAT isn't for everyone. Okay, sure. I'm wondering, how can a student determine if they've reached their potential? Would you use weather there?
0: I'm wondering how a student can determine whether they've reached their potential. Yeah, I mean, in most cases where people are using if, you're technically supposed to use weather.
1: Because it's binary? I don't know the rule, actually. That just sounds like a weather to me. But I think I definitely would have used to have said if. And I probably still do when I'm speaking. If is
0: becoming much more common. So some usage experts claim it will replace weather eventually but right now yeah formal writers expect weather
1: okay in september i started studying with the lsat demon when my score was 152 in just a month i was scoring in the 160s i took the october lsat with confidence but i was a victim of the server fiasco and sadly only scored 159 i mean Okay, so that's still seven points over where you were a month prior. Yeah, you haven't done a lot of work. Not as good as you could have done, but I mean, a seven-point improvement off of that diagnostic, uh, maybe go another month and improve (laughs) by another seven points. I don't know. Um, But just one week after taking the October test, I scored my highest practice score thus far, 169. Okay, so 10 points after another week. Okay, so this sounds like a student who really probably shouldn't be taking the official test yet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Taylor's like clearly on the way up, and there's going to be lots of ups and downs on the way, but you're going up. Yeah, and you just Taylor, you you shot your first shot too soon, and you should have waited. Yep. Um, Now it's February, and my five test average is 165. Okay, I like this. Taylor's paying attention to her rolling average she's looking at the average of her last five if the average of her last five is 165 then that means she probably has some 160s in there and she probably has some 170s in there at least she's got some 161s and some 169s in there
0: Hmm.
1: and that's actually good because law schools only care about your highest score so she's getting closer to the range where she should be thinking about shooting a shot sure My goal was to score in the 170s. However, even with a score in the mid to high 160s, I am a strong applicant if you factor in my 3.95 undergraduate GPA, extracurriculars and work experience. I have to grumble about her addition of extracurriculars and work experience because that stuff is just like barely relevant on the margins. I mean, Yep. Not worth two more LSAT points, Taylor. So don't settle for a shitty or not shitty, because you're not in a shitty place now. But if you could squeak out a few more points, you should try to squeak out a few more points. Yep. Frustration is setting in. I don't really know what to do next to improve, and I haven't seen improvement in the past month. Is this as good as it gets? Respectfully, Taylor. Any advice for Taylor?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, my my strong reaction to this, Taylor, is that you're just your expectation of your level of improvement is off. You're expecting to improve faster than a lot of people in your situation would improve. I know that we've said that people who start with a one, uh, 152 can and should expect to get into the 170s, but sometimes that takes three months. Sometimes it takes six, seven, eight, nine. But people get there, and I don't see why you couldn't get there. I think the frustration is also getting in the way of your studying. Like I think you're you're too obsessed with being done by now.
1: She wants it all, which is great. I mean, I want you to get greedy. I want you to want that 170, whatever. Even if you were at 172, I'd be like, "Can you get to 175?" Yep. So I want you to be greedy. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get there overnight. We're we're talking about saving $150,000 on law school. If it were easy, if it was going to happen overnight, then everyone would do it. And so you've made amazing progress so far. Yeah. She, (laughs) She started in September, Ben, with a 152. And now in February, so October... November, December, January, February, five months. Four and she's gone from a one, half, yeah. four and a half months. She's gone from a 152 to a 165 average. So 13 points already. I mean, that's awesome. You, you're already going to get into some law schools for free that we're going to deny you with your 152. Those same law schools will now offer you a one, a full ride with your 169 go to lsatdemon.com scholarships and see what your 3.95 and a 152 is worth. And then change that 152 to a 165. Oh, so I said 169, I meant 165. Change that to a 165 and see what it's worth. And you're going to see, oh, I'm guessing 50 law schools that would have denied you with your 152 that will now give you a full ride with your 165. Oh yeah, yeah. 50. At least.
0: This discussion reminds me of some random comment I heard a long time ago, and I don't know what book it was I was listening to, but the author said that people tend to overestimate how much they can accomplish in a week or a month. I can't remember the exact time frame, and they tend to underestimate how much they can accomplish in six
1: months. Uh, that's the uh, uh, that makes me think of the two different types of procrastination. Okay. There's a procrastination where you don't do things because you think it's not going to take you very long. Mm. So that's the "Ah, I no, I'll I'll be able to handle this. You know, that that's why you you're overestimating what you can do in the short run. Yep. So you just don't do it and then you get screwed. Mm. (laughs) The other type of procrastination is like not believing that you can do it at all. Like thinking that yeah. it's like oh, making it, it into a, a bigger task, like yeah. an impossible task. And so then you just don't do it because of that reason.
0: That's what Taylor's doing right here. She's like, ah, oh, I've hit my ceiling. I'm, I'm never going to, it's like, give yourself another four months. It might sound like a lot, but holy smokes. A lot can happen in four months. Maybe you can't do it. She probably set herself a goal of like a month back in, I don't know, January. She's like, yeah. okay. I'm at 165. I should be in 170 by by February. I'm not. Yep.
1: Okay, forget it. Um thank you Taylor for writing in. Broadly, I think you're asking the wrong question. You need to focus on the shit you're not understanding. It's the LSAT is a test of understanding. Yep. With a 165, there are things you don't understand. There are things you do understand, but there are things you don't understand. The test Every single practice test you take, the test is clearly just pointing out the things that you're not understanding. Mm -hmm. And you need to ask your teachers for help in those areas. You're a demon student, which means you have access. If you're a live student, you have multiple live classes that you can go to seven days a week. But don't ask me, you know, I'm stuck at 165. How do I get better from here? Because all I'm going to do is go. Well, where are you losing your points? Is it in games? Is it in reading comp? Is it in logical reasoning? And even if you come to me with like, well, I'm losing lots of points in games, I'm going to go. Okay, show me a game that you're struggling with. Can I see your setup? Can I see what you're doing? Can I, you know, like, can we talk yeah. about how you're approaching? Yeah. Why did this game give you a hard time? And you need to talk. You need to just get more granular with. These are the things I don't understand. If you're not alive subscriber there's still lots of ways that you can get help from the lsat demon we have best in the world written explanations we have best in the world video explanations and we have the killer secret killer feature of the demon which is the ask button on every single question there's a access to email our team of tutors and within 24 hours you're going to get a full explanation or or help on whatever you're struggling with our team of tutors Are going to get back to you and help you understand yep and you do that one question at a time and to avoid the burnout that you seem to be experiencing you just kind of stop paying attention you know everybody's so focused on this 120 to 180 scale and they they see that you know i'm at a plateau or whatever and i i I care far less about the plateau i care far more about well, wait a second, on your last test, you got a 165. That means that you missed like 20 questions. Can we talk about the 20 that you missed? Yeah, and you were just talking
0: about, hey, you know, drilling into a section. You're like, hey, which section are you struggling with most? And someone says games, and then you're like, okay, well, give me a game, and you're drilling into the game. But I was just thinking about class the other night. We were doing a game, and uh, I said, okay, well, someone was talking about the takeaways they had from the game and they said, I just, I just need to set up my diagram better. If I had set it up better, it would have all gone well. And yes, there's truth to that. If you had set up your diagram better, it would have all gone better. But why didn't you set up your diagram the way we did? Like we, you keep, you need to keep digging deeper because if it's just this general takeaway, Oh, I need to set up my diagrams better. That's good on some level. I'm glad you realized the goal a little bit more here, but specifically what, what did you do wrong? And then we talked about that and it's like, well, you started diagramming right away as opposed to reading all the rules and getting the big picture. Oh, okay. So next time you do a game, read through all the rules and understand the setup before you even start drawing. And it's like, okay, that's a more concrete takeaway than just I need to do better on the setup. It's a takeaway,
1: but you try to get as granular as you can. Anyways. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that, that's right. Like it's just, it's one question at a time and it's getting to a place of actual understanding. Yeah. And I, I, I just know that I'm not saying Taylor specifically is doing this, but Taylor sounds like someone who is probably just hammering test after test after test, looking for that, like, scoreboard you know headline improvement but that's not the most efficient way the most efficient way is to dig in to one question at a time and and really reach that thorough deep understanding of it yeah because if you just keep doing tests you're not going to learn as much as if you like actually thoroughly review any one test or any one question yeah yeah don't give up, Taylor. Uh, by the way, also, Taylor, this is another common thing. People like Taylor sometimes rest on their laurels. They love this, like, oh, I've got a 3.95, so, you know, I'm a strong applicant already. Yeah, but you're not a strong applicant for Harvard or Stanford or Yale right now. You're not a strong applicant for the T14. Nope. You're not going to get a scholarship for the You're T14. not going to go full ride. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You're not as strong of an applicant as you could be. You could definitely be an elite applicant. You could be. You have the potential that other people will
0: never have the opportunity to be because they have a 2-6 or a
1: 3.1 or even a 3-8. A three-eight is too low at some schools. Yeah. And you've got that 3.95, which means that all the doors are still open to you. Unless you close them. (laughs) Unless you close them by giving up on your LSAT too soon. Right. Exactly. So, you know, this idea that, oh, I mean, you know, your and your extracurriculars and your work experience, whatever. Nobody cares about those. Your LSAT right now is gonna close doors. Yep. And you know, it's like you can can't you see it? Like, can't you feel it? She wants to give up, right? Yeah. I mean, Maybe the LSAT's just not for me. What the fuck are you talking about? You have a 165 average on your last five tests. You're already in the the top 10%. Yeah. Don't allow yourself to give up at this point. I mean, if you do, then you are not an awesome lawyer. In, in the, the literal, formal sense. <laughs> formal sense of the word. <laughs> we talked about this on Thinking Else Out recently. The dictionary definition of awesome is to inspire awe. And that means to inspire fear. I'm not afraid of you if you're a 165 and a 3.95. And you could still get into law school, but you're not going to be an awesome. Like you're not scary. And you should be scary. Like if you, if you really want to kill in whatever field, if you really want to change the world, or if you really want to make a lot of money, you, you should be scary. And the way you do that is you get like another 10 points.
0: Yep. And then you have a 3.95 and you push everybody else to the side.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then it's just like, step oh, aside. also, by the way, you can check out my extracurriculars and my work experience, but they're going to be paying attention to you because you're a 3.95 and a 175. Yep. And that's the awesome applicants that's the that's the one that has everybody else quaking in their boots and um, that's how you keep those doors open to the t14 and the t10 and the t6 and the t3 is by not giving up yep awesome
0: yeah thanks for writing in taylor uh email daily at lsaddemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some lsat or law school admissions news thanks for listening